This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Just dial in toll-free at 855-450-FREE. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features you will find waiting for you there. Uh, Those other talk show hosts in the business, most of them want to charge you for their sites. We give ours away, freetalklive.com, so do enjoy that on us. And the us tonight is Ian. And Mark. And we're going to go to a special guest that uh, we have on the line. Mark, you arranged an interview for this evening with Antiwar.com's, I believe, senior editor, John Glazer. John, are you with us? Hi. Yes, I'm here. Hey, welcome to Free Talk Live. I am somebody who's been... You know, kind of on and off uh, on antiwar.com over the years. It's a it's a really useful resource. We've used a number of your articles on the air uh, to share with our listeners what is going on in a variety of conflicts uh, overseas because you just can't get that news anywhere else. And uh, of course, I was a, a listener of antiwar radio when uh, when that existed. And maybe it'll come back someday. That would be pretty cool. Uh, but welcome to Free Talk Live. Well, I appreciate you having me on. So, John, um, there's a lot of news going on about Gaza right now. I guess there's some kind of ceasefire in effect. Is that right? That's right. Uh, on Wednesday, a ceasefire was reached. It was it was brokered in part with uh, the Egyptian government, and you know the the U.S. was meddling in there somewhere as well. It essentially said that uh, hostilities would end, um, and. Israel needed to, you know, Hamas would, impose, would would ensure that no more rockets would fly over the border into Israel. Israel would stop bombarding Hamas and, and Gaza. Um, Israel is also supposed to um, ease the economic blockade, essentially massive economic warfare, uh, you know, in a form of cruel form of collective punishment on the Gazan people. Um, and we'll have to see, you know, exactly the extent to which Israel abides by this agreement. Um, the ceasefire has been quite shaky. Uh, the initi- you know, it didn't initially stop exactly when it was supposed to stop. Uh, and actually yesterday, on, on Friday, um, an Israeli soldier shot and killed a Palestinian who got too close to the Israel-Gaza border. You see, uh, Israel, as part of its blockade, uh, enforces what's called a no-go zone, or sometimes it's called a buffer zone, and that's about a 300-meter area all along the border with Israel that Gazans simply aren't allowed to inhabit, even though it's their territory. Uh, and they'll, they'll, the Israelis will, will, will shoot at them if uh, they get too close. And that that sort of thing happened, and you know, so it's very shaky. But uh, we'll have to see exactly, you know, how long this lasts. Hopefully, it lasts a long time, and hopefully, some sort of agreement can be can be reached further. So um, this is interesting. So Gaza is part of Israel? Well, that's what the Israelis would think. I mean, you know, much much of what uh, the Israelis, especially the right wing, think is that a greater Israel should exist. And that's what they've been trying to implement uh, at least since 1967, many, you know, since the state of Israel was, was conceived. Uh, they want to control and inhabit, inhabit as its sovereign territory, all of the West Bank, which is still Palestinian territory, <clears throat> at least under international law. And, of course, uh, they have less religious and historic ties to the Gaza Strip, but uh, they would certainly, you know, the, the collective punishment they've been imposing on the Gazan people uh, and the economic blockade that they've been uh, implementing there it certainly speaks to this sense that, you know, it's their territory 
and um, you know they, they they've been mistreating the Palestinians in this way in order to try and get them to simply leave. That's been uh, in the in the dogma and ideology of Zionism since the beginning. So um, this is now they've taken a three hundred meter swath of Gazan territory, not Israeli territory, and they've called that basically a a, a, DM, a demilitarized zone, or kind of like the the Berlin Wall. They put up this fencing and say that if you come near it, we'll shoot you. And so these uh, some people got shot up and one of them was killed a couple of days ago for coming basically protesting and coming too close to the fence, right? That's right. That's right. And, and you know, it's important to say that it, it's not – this isn't a new thing. This buffer zone has been in place for a long time. And, in fact, the beginning, the very beginning of this latest, uh, you know, uh, increase in violence that we saw over the past week uh, started in part because – uh, a 23-year-old Gazan who happened to be mentally challenged uh, got too close, and he got inside this buffer zone, and the Israelis fired on him and shot and killed him. Um, in response to this and one other incident in which uh, a 13-year-old boy playing soccer was shot at and killed, uh, in response to this, Gaza militants uh, shot at an Israeli vehicle, uh, Israeli Defense Forces vehicle, and then Israel responded to that with heavy bombardments in well, Gaza, and then we saw the conflict that just transpired. Now, the Israelis were in the Gazan territory doing sort of maneuvers or whatever in order to shoot a 13-year-old boy playing soccer, right? That's right. Uh, four tanks and a couple of bulldozers actually, in, you know, you can call it an invasion of southern Gaza. Uh, when that occurred, they claim that they were shooting at a weapons cache. Uh, but they were shooting at it with artillery. That's what the boy was shot with. Um, and no evidence of that, you know, weapons cache, alleged weapons cache has been brought to light. Mm. So this just seems like what, what we've seen in the past, which is that Israel tends to try and spark a conflict when it's politically beneficial for them. Um, or when they're prepared to actually escalate themselves. And, and this seems to be that uh, case as well. I mean, uh, they chose escalation consistently as opposed to de-escalation and mm. pacification. Now, um, they've got some kind of sanctions on Gaza. Um, now, now, Gaza this, is this kind of semi-autonomous <laughs> area that Israel goes in whatever it wants, but it used to be part of Egypt, right? Well, it did used to be part of Egypt. It's always been considered Palestine, but uh, Egypt had control over it after some Arab-Israeli wars, after the um, uh, establishment of Israel. And so it's been sort of contested territories for a while, but uh, it was given back to the Palestinians as sort of uh, uh, but But, you know, the Palestinians don't have a state, so it's hard to actually... Uh, you know, describe who who owns it or who has sovereign sovereignty over it. But Israel is, in fact, imposing harsh uh, economic warfare on Gaza. Uh, right. It's right. in contra you know, contradiction of of uh, international law, um, and it's uh, imposing severe poverty on on the Gazans. And yeah. in fact. A million people died. Before, before you go on, John, a million people died in Iraq under the sanctions that went on for the decade after the first Gulf War um, into the, the basically the second Iraqi war. A million people. Most the sanctions of them, by the U.S. Sanctions by the U.S. Most of them were children and the elderly because those are the people that sanctions affect the worst. And the, basically the sanctions have been going on in Gaza for decades on end. 
That's exactly right. Uh, the sanctions were imposed uh, in a more harsh way when uh, Hamas was elected to power in 2006. Uh, the Israelis didn't like that, and so they started, uh, you know, trying to uh, basically treat the Gazans like dogs. But you're exactly right. Iraq is a is a perfect example. I mean, two UN investigators, two high-level UN officials that were assigned to Iraq in the 1990s under the sanctions regime. Uh, they resigned in protest uh, because of how terrible the sanctions were. One of them described it as genocidal. I mean, that was a massive, massive crime against humanity. And the same sorts of coercive tools are being used against the Gazans, uh, unfortunately, by Israel. Now, um, the, a piece of Gaza is attached to Egypt. And can they, do they, can they, do they have like an underground railroad moving things into Gaza from there? Or is there some kind of uh, demilitarized zone running all the way around this, th- this place? Well, Egypt, especially under the U.S.-backed dictator Mubarak, before he was overthrown, uh, participated in the economic blockade. Uh, they were, you know, the, the Egyptian government was, was deferential to the power centers in Israel and the United States. And so they participated in that blockade. And the Rafah crossing, which is the border that Gaza has with Israel, uh, sorry, with uh, Egypt, is more and more uh, opening slowly, slowly. But we'll have to actually see. I hear the music, so I think I'll, I'll pause. All right, well, hang on. We can bring you back here in a moment, John. Uh, John Glazer from antiwar.com, senior editor, 855-453, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. Maybe you've got a question for him about... Uh, or comment about Middle the Gaza-Israel situation. 855-453, take control. This is Free Talk Live's live Saturday edition. Are you a fan of beer, liberty, and good conversation? Do you support freedom, peace, and voluntary interaction? Are you looking to meet others who think like you? Don't wait for your move to the Free State Project to get started when you can do something about it today. This is Amanda Mill, encouraging you to set up a Liberty on the Rots network near you to begin connecting and informing libertarian thinkers over drinks. Visit www.libertyontherocks.org. Talk Live. It's the live Saturday edition of the program, and you can take control of the airwaves at 855-453-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Join us online at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that we have on our site. Those other talk show hosts charge you for theirs. Ours is free. But there are ways you can support the show uh, on a voluntary, consensual basis, like Doing your shopping with Free Talk Live. Go to shop.freetalklive.com and forget about the Black Friday weekend madness uh, that has been going on for the past 48 hours. Uh, you can just get it done at shop.freetalklive.com. There are links to Amazon there. There's also Newegg and some other places. Uh, but Amazon, when you link into either Amazon US, Amazon UK, Amazon Canada, you click into the right one for you, and you'll get the same great selection, the same Super Saver shipping, the free Super Saver shipping, the same uh, awesome Amazon prices. It's the same Amazon experience you're used to. You're just starting through our portal, so therefore Amazon cuts Free Talk Live a portion of the profits that normally they'd keep for themselves. So it's a big deal for us when you do your shopping, whether it's for you personally or for buying gifts or whatever – through shop.freetalklive.com. You hear a lot about uh, mortgage rates being at historic lows. I've been hearing that for a decade now. Well, you know what? 
they're telling you the truth. Mortgage rates really are at historic lows. Um, you can get mortgages. I, I can't quote rates to you right now because they tend to change and it depends on the loan. But uh, they're they're at the lowest rates they've ever been for fixed rate mortgages. Now everybody talks about the thirty year uh, fixed rate as if that is the gold standard of mortgages. But you can pay as much as two times the principal in interest on a 30-year fixed. Take a look at a 20, 15, or 10-year fixed. With these, you can, uh, you'll can you likely be able to get the same rate you already have with your whatever mortgage you have, whether you have an adjustable or 30-year fixed right now, uh, with a 20, 10, or 15-year, and you'll pay far less in interest over time. You may actually own your home before it's all over. Uh, it's MortgageMinuteGuy.com. They do loans in all 50 states. Uh, they're the ones that we've been dealing business with here for quite some time here on Free Talk Live, and, and you can trust them. MortgageMinuteGuy.com. Their uh, number is 866-288-0088 or MortgageMinuteGuy.com. Again, it's MortgageMinuteGuy.com. Let's go to John. He's still with us. John Glazer from Antiwar.com, the senior editor at Antiwar.com. Great website. Important website that does really important work uh, that really no one else is doing out there. They are the, the, you know, the face of the anti-war movement. Uh, John, welcome back to Free Talk Live. You've been kind of cluing us in on the Gaza conflict because you really can't uh, you can't get a straight answer from the mainstream media out there for the most part. Uh, you know the the big guys, the Fox News, the MSNBC. So it's good to have the uh, alternative perspective that Antiwar.com brings. Uh, no, that's absolutely true, uh, and we do our best to actually try and do that. Uh, uh, the the problem with the the, the mainstream media, the, the Foxes, the MSNBCs, the CNNs, the CBSs, the ABCs, and every acronym you can make up, uh, are is that they're uh, they, they're deferential to power. Sure. And when you don't question power enough, and if you're not scrutinizing enough of the power centers in this country, uh, you end up getting quite a biased view of things. And uh, we we are prone to. Uh, we have pledged allegiance to no centers of power at antiwar.com. Well, yeah, you guys, uh, we, I mean, the, 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 the biggest problem with this being beholden to power is that they feel like the media guys, you know, they feel like if they upset somebody in one of those halls of power, that they'll be on the outs. And it's probably true. They have had, uh, pe- you know, people we know have kind of been blackballed by, uh, you know, certain governmental organizations for asking tough questions. And that's why they don't. So it's good that you guys are out there. Anyway, Mark, you guys were talking well, about Gaza. Yeah, this the thing I th- think that people. So you know what we heard in the news is, oh, it looks like the Gazans are uh, you know at it again. Oh, those crazy Gazans are shooting rockets over the uh, over the fence. It must be Hamas. And well, I guess Israel's going to have to go in there and kill a few more people. Look, there's uh, you know there's dead people on the the, the Israeli side, and there certainly are. But this conflict can't be as simple. It's been going on for decades. It can't be as simple as this. Isn't this kind of a situation where they did this, they did this, they did this, they did this, and it just goes back and forth? There's definitely has developed a situation where there's this narrative of a tit-for-tat. You know, you've hit me, I've hit you. Uh, but we shouldn't let that narrative fool us into believing that there's any uh, equality in the in the two, in the in the in the situation here. I mean, in this latest conflict, over 160 Palestinians were killed, uh, over 900 were injured, uh, five Israelis died. Tragic. That's tragic. You know, it's not good when people die, but uh, this is hugely disproportionate. Mm-hmm. In the last war. <clears throat> 
which occurred in 2008 and 2009, right as Obama was being inaugurated into the presidency, uh, you, about 1,400, 1,400 Palestinians were killed and 12 Israelis were killed. So there's no proportionality in this conflict, and Israel, has, Israel is the powerful one. They have the you know, U.S. empire behind them uh, supporting everything they do. And so, you know, in this whole vein, as we were talking about of being scrutinizing towards centers of power, uh, if we're going to look at this situation, uh, the scrutiny should lay uh, stiffly on Israel uh, because that's where the power lay. Now, what's um, what is now you said that this kind of got kicked off to some extent by Israel going and doing some kind of uh, foray into the Gazan area. Um, they ended up killing a 13 year old boy who was playing soccer. They didn't find the weapons cache they were looking for. There's been this Hamas assassination. Is there any proof that these initial rocket um, attacks into Israel were Hamas? Well, the, the, the actual initial one was not Hamas. Uh, and in fact, uh, a number of times it has been admitted by Israeli officials that Hamas has been central uh, in, in, in blocking other militant groups in Gaza from firing rockets over there. Uh, they're not always successful. So there's a lot of decentralization there in Gaza where, where militant groups that are not associated with Hamas uh, think they're too sort of moderate. Uh, do uh, on their own fire rockets into Israel. The first one was uh, not Hamas. It was a group called the uh, Liberation of Palestine for the People. It's a sort of Marxist-leaning group. Um, but And that's sort of acknowledged. That's not a controversial point. The initial rocket attacks were not Hamas. After Israel started uh, bombing Hamas uh, in, in Gaza, that's when the rockets picked up uh, considerably. Now, um, this is kind of like the United States declaring war. I mean, when you're talking about the this disparity in power um, and wealth, you're talking about the, kind of like the, the United States declaring war on, say, the Cherokee Nation. Uh, um, you're talking about people that are uh, that are basically completely contained within the state of Israel. Um, they have uh, they put an embargo on. No, nothing gets in and out without their opinion. Uh, you know, just Israel's opinion being positive towards it, and or at least in, it's black marketed. And you know, I mean, the the comparison is you look at the some some of these rockets, the, the Iron Dome uh, rockets versus these uh, bottle rockets that they're shooting over um, from Palestine, and and it, it's a huge disparity. Absolutely. You know, Noam Chomsky, as one example, uh, said that you can't, uh, you can't, it's not a war. You can't military defend yourself when you're occupying somebody else's land. John, can you stick with us for more? Absolutely. All right. Hang on. More with John Glazer from antiwar.com. 855-450-FREE. This is Free Talk Live. In every age, a technology is created that upends the foundations of society. The wheel, the printing press, the internet. Now, in a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world. It is called Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a new form of money, controlled not by banks, governments, or corporations, but through mutual commerce between free individuals. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free, 855-450-FREE, the SACL-CAI toll-free line, 
1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website. Head over to freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that are waiting for you there. We've got archives, so if you've missed a moment of the show, it's no problem. You can just click and download right from the front page of the website where we have the last seven days' worth of Free Talk Live. Then if you want to go way back, all the way to late 2006 and and even beyond now, uh, you can go to the archive section at freetalklive.com. Plus, you can go all the way back to late 2006 on our SoundCloud page as well. Uh, it's soundcloud.freetalklive.com. Plus, when you're on freetalklive.com, if you want to find SoundCloud, it's easy. It's on the left-hand side under Listen and Share. And when you get to our SoundCloud page, it makes it easy to share your favorite episodes or Edgington Post interviews, which are also available there on your Facebook or Twitter or whatever your preference is as far as social networking is concerned, even your WordPress blog. So once again, go and grab archives over at freetalklive.com. It's hunting season right now in many places in the country. And if you're looking for hunting or camping or survival or shooting gear, manventureoutpost.com has the name brands you want, the lowest prices. Name brands and ammunition, knives, scopes, binoculars, laser laser sights, tactical flashlights, fish finders, optics, firearm accessories, archery, air guns, holsters, water purification, tents, apparel, boating equipment, and more. ManVentureOutpost.com. They're family-owned, members in good standing of the Better Business Bureau, and they've got the lowest prices. Go check for yourself. ManVentureOutpost.com. Get it quick. Get it from ManVentureOutpost.com. I was watching an Adam Kokesh video on his YouTube channel today. It was uh, the one about Walmart bringing happiness where he interviews a variety of customers outside of a Walmart store and uh, kind of starts by talking to them about Black Friday and then leads into questions about uh, Barack Obama and how many countries he has bombed as well as other questions regarding how many veterans uh, kill themselves every day in the United States. And, of course, people, most of them had absolutely no clue on both of those questions. And you can't blame them because there's a lot that people have going on in their lives. I mean, people are busy trying to keep the bills paid, you know, and take care of the kids and do all these things. And, you know, even though I'm a talk show host, I don't know about what's going on in the Middle East. I really am relatively clueless about a lot of it. So I'm, I'm grateful that we have John Glazer on the line with us here from Anti-War Radio, or excuse me, from Antiwar.com. Uh, and he is kind of really clarifying the situation in Gaza for us here. Yeah, John, um, I think that a lot of people right now um, are breathing a collect. America's breathing a collective sigh of relief. We don't have to hear about this Gaza Israel thing on our news channels anymore. <sighs> but. Uh, well, because of the peace thing? Well, it's. You call it peace, but it's really not peace. It's some level of stability. Yeah. It's not peace. You can't have peace without having some kind of justice. And this is what I want to know, John, is what is the the forward-thinking plan that Israel has with Gaza? Are they going to integrate them into greater Israel, give them a vote, and let them participate in the, uh, the greater society as a one-state solution? Are they going to cut them loose and let them um, operate as their own, as this multi-state solution? What's the plan? Do they have a plan? Well, the the plan has to be sort of you have to sort of pick and read between the lines and you know dig into the history of of the of Israel. You know, I'm reminded of what the former defense minister, Israeli defense minister Marsh Dayan, said in the 70s. Um, he was talking about annexation of Palestinian territory, and he said that which we cannot now annex and just take away from them. Uh, he said they'll they'll continue to live like dogs. I'm quoting him. 
and whoever wants to leave can leave, and we will see where this process leads. So, unfortunately, the Israelis pretty much intend to make life miserable for the Palestinians, both in Gaza and the West Bank. And that's important, you know, in terms of forward thinking, there is a political settlement, broadly speaking, that most everyone in the entire world and the Palestinians and the whole Arab League and everyone, uh, they, they have endorsed the political settlement, which is to for Israel to retreat back to its borders previous to 1967. Uh, since that time, they've been uh, militarily occupying the West Bank and Gaza. Not only have they continued to occupy the West Bank, but Israel has been demolishing Palestinian homes that have rested on that land for generations and building up Israeli settlements in their place, paid for by the Israeli state, which also subsidizes Israeli citizens that are willing to live there. Uh, so this is a direct violation of the international laws that were created in order to criminalize Nazi war policies in World War II. Occupying par- parties are not pro- are prohibited from transferring their own civilian populations into the occupied territory. So what what we see here, this is a kind of slow ethnic cleansing. They want, it, especially the the current leadership in Israel. I mean, Prime Minister uh, Benjamin Netanyahu is part of the Likud party. Yeah. The charter of that party declares Jewish settlement in the West Bank and Gaza as the realization of, of Zionist values and declares the whole of the West Bank and Jerusalem as belonging to Israel. So they really want a greater Israel. They want to uh, basically erase Palestine. It seems to be what they what what they want to do. Uh, can you take a question? Yep, we've got sure. uh, Dave on the line here in Eureka, listening to KGOE. Dave, you're on with John from antiwar.com. Yes, John. It's one thing. It's curious to me. It's obvious the Middle East. They haven't invaded anywhere in the United States. As I can read it, it's very profitable. These war involvements to Bechtel and Halliburton and Lockheed Martin. But the Middle East has done nothing to the United States, and that in itself must be obvious. We are in their country doing harm to their people, and they have done nothing to us. And I, how do we make that fit? Well, your sentiment is exactly correct. Uh, the U.S. should not be meddling in anybody's business in the Middle East. And, and uh, you know, the, much of the problems that persist in that region are because of U.S. intervention. Um, and the Israeli-Palestinian problem is no different. Uh, you know, if Israel would not, be a lot, would not be able in any way, shape, or form to continue what it's doing uh, without U.S. support. So what if we at Anti-War especially are advocating is for the United States to get out of the business of trying to direct uh, political developments in the Middle East. And we should stop supporting, uh, you know, dictators in the Middle East. We should stop supporting Israel over the Palestinians. And, uh, you know, the power differential that would arise in, in, this, in the region after sort of retrenchment uh, would, would probably force both sides to come to a viable agreement and that viable agreement is exactly the one that the United States and Israel have refused uh, to let happen. So you're certainly correct. We should we should get out of the Middle East. We should stop meddling in people's affairs. Uh, there's there's no justification for uh, our military and our foreign policy to be that 
that uh, intervention. Dave, thank you for the call tonight. Appreciate it. Uh, you know, I would uh, just like to clarify, I'm not in the Middle East, uh, <laughs> so it's not we who's, uh, who's there. In fact, I don't think anyone on this uh, conversation is actually over in the Middle East right now. But I think you mean the uh, the federal government should get uh, get the hell out of there, close down the military bases. Would you go so far as to say, uh, John, that all of the military bases around the world should be shut down? Absolutely. Great. Uh, uh, if you want, I can. I mean, we have about uh, you know 900, maybe a thousand military bases around the world mm. uh, in 130 countries. Uh, these are for the state. These are for the betterment of the people in power. They're not for the benefit of the of the American people. Uh, we're poorer and less safe by having them there. You know, so John. You know, I hear this uh, all the time. I come from Republican roots, and um, I've got to say that uh, you know, I, I, there's a certain trepidation I have if the United States isn't the superpower in the world. If it retreats back to its borders, like every other country in the world has done, um, it is basically, and it doesn't act as the world's policeman. What's going to happen? What's going to fill the void? We know that nature hates a vacuum. Sure. Well, you know, this, this is a common uh, t- argument when we're when John, talking about the middle. I really want to hear the answer to this question. I don't want you to be rushed in any way. So uh, sure. bring you back for one more segment. Well, we we'll do one more segment. We'll wrap out the hour here with uh, John Glazer from Antiwar.com. If you want to get a question in, uh, now's the time to do it. And I, I want to know about Egypt, too, because I heard that there's some interesting things going on there as well. So I'm hoping he can tell us about that. I'm blindsiding him with the question. I don't think he was expecting it. 855-450-FREE. It's Free Talk Live. Do you have a website or product that you make available to people nationally or even internationally? Free Talk Live is heard on more than 100 radio stations and 2XM channels. FTL has also been voted five times the best political podcast of the year and four times been named to Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list, the 100 most important radio programs in the country. We can do ad packages for you from as little as $500 a month on up to $3,000. I'll work with you to customize a package that will work within your budget. Contact me, Mark, at mark at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's the live Saturday edition. We'll take your calls about anything that you want, and uh, we'll do that here in a moment. We actually have a special guest on the line. So if you have a question for our guest, you'll be given priority at the uh, the moment at 855-450-FREE. He's John Glazer of Antiwar.com. Senior editor. That's right. Senior editor, not just any old editor. <laughs> so uh, we're They gonna... wouldn't send us just an ordinary editor over here at Free Talk Live. We're going to continue with that here in a moment. Also want to encourage you, if you love the ideas of liberty, to check out freestateproject.org. It is your best chance at achieving liberty in your lifetime. Mark, you and I were talking about somebody that we know who is uh, a Free State Wyoming participant who's been there for several years and has not been impressed with what's going on in Wyoming. Now, this is kind of like the big competitor to the Free State Project. Free State Project's now been around for over a decade. Uh, People have been moving here since around 2003, 2004. We've got over a thousand liberty-minded people that are here now as part of the Free State Project. The amount of people who've moved is really superfluous. What have they done? And I'll tell you, in uh, about eight years or so, maybe maybe going on nine years, uh, they've managed to get into government. Dozens and dozens of Free Staters uh, elected to to governmental positions, and uh, a dozen are there right now. Yeah, but dozens yeah. have been elected. That's true. Um, dozens and dozens have been elected. The and and 
You've seen a cut in the state budget as a result of, uh, you know, the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance, a Free State Project founded organization, largely Free State Project founded organization. I don't think it's dozens and dozens. It would probably be a couple dozen. A few dozen. You're you're talking about the state house specifically. You're acting like there's only one elected body in the entire state of New Hampshire. So you're elected to something uh, this this particular time too. Yeah, you're including all the little things. I got. I'm wrong. I'm right. You're wrong. Okay. Um, I thought you were talking about state. There was a state budget cut of 11 percent. Let's go back to John, please. Well, no, I want to talk about freestateproject.org, which is where you can go to sign up for the Free State Project. We'll get back to John here in a moment. Um, but uh, they're a longtime sponsor of this program. And if you love the ideas of liberty and you want to actually have a chance at achieving them at some point in your lifetime, then you've got to get together with other people that think like you do. So go to freestateproject.org to learn more about it. One of the questions that we were asked uh, online, John Glazer. Well, before you give any John any questions, he has to ask the question, what's going to happen in a vacuum? Vacuum. If the United States does pull back from its more than 130 nations, it oh, has right. military bases in, in almost a, a thousand military bases, depending on how you count these military bases, um, across the world, what would happen? What if the United States ceased to be the policeman of the world, John? Well, this type of thinking is common when talking about the Middle East, for example. The U.S., the thinking goes, needs to have bases and patrol its Navy warships throughout the Persian Gulf because it's a major major waterway for the seaborne oil trade. And if the U.S. government doesn't ensure the free flow of oil, then maybe some other country in the region will block it, right? That's the thinking. Yep. This is probably a little bit of scaremongering. I mean, just, just to take one example, the only country in the Persian Gulf uh, that has ever even dared to mention blocking the Straits of Hormuz in the Persian Gulf is Iran. And many analysts think this is just more talk than anything else, but we should think about the reason these types of threats are issued. The United States has an aggressive history when it comes to Iran. They overthrew the democratically elected government in 1953, installed a dictatorship, and then when the revolution occurred, they've been, you know, militarily surrounding them ever since. They've threatened to bomb them, you know, millions of times. Iran's a a comparatively weak country, you know, vastly weaker country. And so threatening to block the Strait of Hormuz is really their only defense, and most people think they won't do it because it's in their interest to keep the free flow of oil going. They make a lot of money off oil. Absolutely. They're hugely incentivized to sell oil on the world markets. On a more fundamental level, though, we have to ask ourselves, is it really the government's job to be, quote-unquote, policing the world? And we should also think about what policing the world means. It essentially means that whoever the, the you know, lever pullers in the U.S. government want to win, whoever they want to favor around the world, those are suddenly the freedom fighters. And all the bad guys, all the ones they don't like, are the terrorists. And so it's a very wrong way to think about policing the world because, you know, the U.S. is not some neutral player. It's, a, it's an empire. Yeah, by tell no me, means. Was neutral. One of that. Uh, tell me more about Egypt. Do you know, can you clue me in on that? Because I'd heard something on the news today about how there's like some dictator who's seizing power. He's not a dictator. There. He's democratically elected. What's, uh, what's going on? So, yeah. Um, you know, the, the little bit of background that maybe your listeners want to know about is that the long-time, decades-long U.S.-backed dictator uh, Hosni Mubarak was overthrown last year, of course, um, and the new uh, democratically elected president, Mohamed Morsi, um, has been uh, basically keeping the same structure uh, going, uh, and he's still receiving about $1.5 or $2 billion yearly from indirect foreign aid. Uh, not to mention consistent uh, 
you know, uh, military aid and riot gear control and, and so on and so forth from the United States. Uh, but he recently, just uh, just the other day, made a decree in which he said, basically said that uh, the courts could not overrule him on anything. Um, and this caused a big stir in the Egyptian population, which has, you know, basically trained themselves to get out in the streets and protest mm -hmm. um, against anything that they see as a power grab and anything that they see as un unacceptable, and they're doing just that. Um, we'll have to see how it actually plays out. It's it's literally going on as we speak. So Yeah, I heard there um, are people in uh, Tahrir Square on both sides of this issue. He's got supporters and people that are not so happy with this uh, power grab. Well, that's right, because it is a power grab, but on the one hand, it's a power grab. On the other hand, he's doing it in order to sort of crowd out um, a lot of uh, Mubarak-appointed judges right. on the Supreme mm. Council. So on the one hand, it's not good. It is a usurpation of, you know, it's extreme executive power. But on the other hand, some people in the population enjoy that sort of thing because it's uh, sort of cracking down on the Mubarak aspects of the regime. But it's still not a healthy thing for a supposed democracy to be doing. Thanks for clearing that up for me. Let's go to the phones. We've got Anita in Oregon listening to KMED in Medford. Uh, Anita, you're on with John Glazer from Antiwar.com. Yeah, I was just wondering, um, you come across very anti-Semitic, and I'm wondering what your position is on uh, Israel having a, a place to live, you know, a place to call their own. Sure. Well, I can definitely uh, sympathize. I mean, uh, to, to the, the you know the desire to have a state of your own and to have it reflect Jewish values and so on and so forth. Um, and that's not something that's not something necessarily that I object to. Um, and you know, my criticisms of, of Israel have nothing to do with their ethnicity or their religion. They have to do with their actual actions and what they're doing to the Palestinian people. You know, the, the great problem with, with Zionism is that it said, let's, you know, let's build a, a state in this land, uh, but it neglected to deal with the fact that there were already people living there. And unfortunately, those people have been subjugated the past 50 or 60 years. And that's, what, that's the kind of thing I don't like. It's not that I don't like uh, Jews, and you know, I have lots of Jewish friends, and, you know, there's a lot of things about their culture that I greatly admire. But uh, subjugation and oppression uh, should not go uncriticized. Thanks, Anita, for the call. Let's go to Lauren listening in New York. Lauren, you're on with John Glazer from Antiwar.com. Oh, yeah. Hello. I'm glad that uh, question got brought up by Anita. I'm uh, totally against uh, the state of Israel. I, um, uh, if you read the Torah... Do you have a question, question. for our guest? Question. Um, yeah, I do have a question. Why is he for, you know, the state of Israel? Israel should not exist. I Thanks mean, for the call, Lauren. Appreciate it. Go ahead, John. No, I mean, that, that's, that's true. I disagree with the sort of Zionist project. What I was trying to explain to the previous caller is just that, you know, it's not something uh, that is a Jewishness uh, that I dislike or that I'm arguing against. It's the actual actions of the state. You I wouldn't like it. anyone going into any place and, you know, ostensibly looking for some weapons cache and then murdering a 13-year-old uh, boy. 
That's right. And it's as ludicrous to say that uh, one is anti-Semitic for disliking the actions of the Israeli state as to say that one hates uh, white people because they don't like what some of the people in Washington, D.C. are doing. Well, right. The state is not the people. The state are the, are the people that have claimed power over a certain geographic territory. And all states all around the world pretty much act in the same way. And I've got to say it's a simple-minded attitude that says, go team, that might bring that out. Look, there's not teams here. There are individuals, individuals that choose to get into groups, and those groups are doing whatever it is that they're doing to other people, and that's right or wrong. John, one more quick question. You've only got about 20 seconds to answer it. What can the average person do? Well, they can uh, read and donate to antiwar.com and listen to your guys' program and just try to get themselves informed. I mean, uh, it, the, the knowledge is power. We need to you know, change the narrative on many of these issues, and the best way to do that is just to read up and study. Appreciate your time tonight. John Glazer, antiwar.com, senior editor. Thanks for coming on Free Talk Live. Thanks very much. Yep, have a good night. 855-450-FREE. We have uh, two more hours of this here tonight, live Saturday edition of Free Talk Live. It is, of course, uh, Black Friday weekend, and there's a guy that has been on hold through the entire hour who wants to talk about Black Friday. Hang on. Through the news, we'll get to you. It's Free Talk Live. Bring up anything. A science fiction comic adventure from Big Head Press. Quantum Vibe. It's year 2523. There are colonies on Venus, Mars, and Mercury. People travel in bubbles, fly at hyperspeed With brain implants and artificial gravity A scientific genius and his clever assistant Set out on an adventure through the solar system On a secret mission to find the key To access new frontiers and save liberty Quantum vibe There's a robot girl and zany creatures Made with genetically engineered features And corporate villains crave the This is Free Talk Live. Toll-free number tonight for you. You can bring up anything you want. It's 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. Join us online over at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features. You will find them all for free. Uh, Once again, freetalklive.com. You get to create the content, too. If you find something online you want to share with our listeners online as well as the host of the show. You submit it as show prep. It appears on the website on the Upcoming Stories page. So make sure you check that page out when you visit freetalklive.com. Go to the Upcoming Stories page and see what's just freshly been added to the site and then vote on it. You get to vote up or down if you like or dislike, and the most liked will make it to the front page and the top of the site. So go to freetalklive.com. Get interactive there. It's all completely free. Dave in Philly uh, earns the Patience Award for this week, uh, having waited through the entirety of our interview to ask uh, or to talk about something completely different. Dave, you're on Free Talk Live. Oh, hello. Hey there. What's on your mind tonight? Oh, yeah. I I just wanted to share um, an interesting story I had about Black Friday. Yeah, go for it. Okay. um, So I work at Walmart in uh, Philly, and... um, I was um, going back in the electronics to restock the shelves mm-hmm. with iPads and computers and such. 
and there was an elderly man. Oh, he had his back turned towards me. And uh, I tapped him on the shoulder and asked if he needed assistance. So he turns around and showed me his penis. Oh, I didn't see that one coming. Just kidding. I totally saw that one coming, didn't I, Mark? Yeah. Uh, could you? <laughs> An hour? <laughs> to now, giggle through the punchline? The funny thing is, here's the added uh, bit to that. Oh, he, the board op d- dumped the call. Dude, you didn't have to dump that one. He didn't say anything. He just said penis. That's not uh, I've against. heard of them before. So, uh, anyway... So just the board f- op was ready too. I mean, to, this, is, this is the problem with right. bad crank though. To, to clue you in on this guy, last night I got a couple messages from the board operator, and he said, <laughs> he said, "Can you?" The prank caller called again because he mentioned him earlier in the night, and he just doesn't seem to understand that he needs to wait until he's on the air before he says penis and hangs up. <laughs> so. I'm just going to go out on a limb and guess it was the same guy who called last night. He never made it on the air. I didn't even notice his call coming in because we get this we got this phone screening software here that uh, we can control our remote studio. We're in Keene, New Hampshire. Yeah. The network is in so Minnesota. So he's like cranking the, the call screener? Right. He didn't realize it, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> Boobs. Click. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So th- tonight he apparently did finally get through the awesome. call screening I'm process. I'm glad he was able to wait an hour to do that. To do that one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it didn't sound real right out the gate. Yeah, I don't know what. <laughs> Whatever. I welcome crank. Good crank calls. <laughs> Whatever that was. Yeah, that not so not so great. Eight five five four fifty free. But yeah, I and mean, if you want to crank free talk live, you can get through. I mean, it, there is not a tough screening process here. It's name, location, how are you listening, and you know one or two words. What do you want to talk about? This you don't you do not a lot of talk shows when you call. Pretty much any talk show out there, they give you the 20 questions, man. They want to know everything you're going to say to the host. Yeah, and if you if you veer away, so if you call into a, a call screener on another talk show and they ask you what you're going to talk about, and then when you actually get on the air, if you actually make it on the air, if they don't screen you out, if you actually make it on the air and you begin to veer off of what you told that screener, that will dump you, you like be, the trash. Yep, you will be dumped out. Hardcore. Yep. Absolutely. That's 100% the case. And that's most talk shows. Maybe there's some exceptions. Free Talk Live is one of those exceptions. I'm sure there are others out there, but that's that's kind of the typical way things are done. I'd like to point out a call from last hour that I think that probably wouldn't have made it on any other talk show. Now, usually if you disagree with the hosts, they... uh, they Generally won't let you on. If they do, they're uh, they're going to uh, beat you up pretty pretty hard. Um, Anita called called in from was it KMed? Yes, uh, out in Medford, Oregon. Medford, Oregon, and basically said, um, you know, questioned John uh, Glazer's, uh, you know, his loyalties. Asked him if he was uh, he sounded anti-Semitic. Sounded anti-Semitic, and this is one of the. Now I'm not saying that Anita's doing this. This is a technique that likely has been used so many times in Anita, Anita's presence that she believes that it is a legitimate uh, debate technique. And that means anti-Jewish, right? Isn't right. that like another well, way of it, saying it that? It sort of does. Actually, it means anti-kind of Arab or that area of the world. I see. A Semite. Uh, and there are plenty of Jews who are not Semitic, and there are plenty of people who are Semitic it, who are not Jewish. Did she mean to say anti? Like when she said anti-Semitic, well, did she mean anti-Jewish? That's what she meant. Yeah. And, and, but you know, there are plenty of Jews 
that don't live in Israel and plenty of uh, Jews that don't believe in Israeli policy is all you have to do is take a, a Google Jews burning Israeli flag mm-hmm. and you will find you lots go. of uh, Hasidic Jews that don't think that this is the right, right thing because to people do. are individuals and just because they have a, a particular uh, you know they were born in a particular way or you know or have a certain color to their skin doesn't mean anything about how they think or act right it's, it's ludicrous um, and but this has been said so many times it almost sounds legitimate mm-hmm. and uh, the, you know I I, I think that it, it's just it's sad that uh, you know ignorance is dangerous and people have such uh, ignorance about what's going on in the Middle East that if you don't think that the, what the is everything the Israeli state does is good then you must be bad mm-hmm. and uh, you know I mean I it, that's it's a terrible way to look at things. If you believe that a state is good, then you're never going to look at its depredations. In the 20th century, the largest killer of individuals was were governments, states. The, the concept of the state is a killer. Now you've got to be you, these mm, things have they to be murdered under a lot of people in the 20th century alone. And the Israeli state has killed a lot of Palestinians. George Washington, go ahead. Call me anti-American. George Washington said that uh, government is a dangerous servant. Like fire, it is a a dangerous servant, a a fearful fearful master. master. He compared government to fire. This was the most destructive force that he knew at the time. Fire was the most destructive force. We could call it now, you know, plague or a nuclear weapon because it can kill so readily. And... Uh, you know, if, if George Washington, the founder of this country, thought that government was a dangerous thing, maybe you should consider it, too. Your thoughts are certainly welcome at 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Well, you're right, Mark. People are not clued in, and I'm the first person to admit, hey, I'm ignorant when it comes to what goes on over in the Middle East. And I'm probably better informed on it than most people. But I would still tell you I'm ignorant about it because I don't do the studying of it that a guest like John Glazer does from antiwar.com. And if all you know about the Middle East is what you hear through word of mouth or what you've heard on Fox News or MSNBC, then you probably don't know the full story. And it would make more sense to listen rather than to just come right out with uh, misinformed accusations well, th- like you're I, an anti-Semite. I think that we couldn't have paid anybody to um, bring a better question because – because frankly, it brings out the obvious question. No, it was good. It was good. I'm glad that she called with it because John, I think, had a great answer to it where he pointed out, look, this has nothing to do with anybody's religion or ethnicity. This has to do with what pe- how people are behaving, how concern, individuals are behaving. My concern, though, is, is that people don't believe him. People don't people believe that you either have to support Israel or you're a bad person. Like, for instance, often Republicans will support uh, Israel because they tend to be socially conservative. Like, uh, you know, people in my family would say we have to support Israel because if Israel doesn't exist, Jesus doesn't come back. Well, there's also the the perspective of. You hear on like talk radio, for instance, or in the mainstream media that Israel are our friends, our allies, our allies. And they're, you know, it's this collectivist speak like what? I don't know the Israeli government. I don't know any of those people. They're not my friends. I've been to Israel. It's a really nice place. The and people, I'm sure, are very nice. I'm talking about the government uh, agents. I'm sure they're not very nice. And, uh, and, I, I'm, and that's the same for all states all around the entire world. But people that don't understand that about 
the state necessarily. They don't have the same level of uh, of grasp on what the state really is and that the state is this organization with a monopoly on violence over a particular geographic landmass. They are living in this kind of simplistic world where, well, we are the United States and they are Israel. And, well, the people in power say that we're their friends and that they're our friends. So how could you be against our friends? I mean, that's how simple it is. It's, it's basically picking a, a favorite ball team and saying yeah. that the other guys are evil. Yep, 855-450-FREE. So, yeah, it doesn't matter if your friends are out there slaughtering an innocent 13-year-old uh, teenager that, uh, oh, it's, they're your friends, so it's okay. Tons of them. I mean, children yeah. are always the victims in these wars. Right, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. I brought that one up because John told us that that was what kind of started this recent uh, conflict. Part of it. More coming up. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. It's the live Saturday edition. Bring up anything. Puke in the Gang, the podcast for grumpy young men, brings you issues. We are talking about raping babies. I love Nazis. Beast Jesus. News. New York shuts down vibrator giveaway. Here's a fun story out of uh, Spain. El Correo. No, wait, that's a newspaper. Personal stories. I kicked a windshield once because I was angry. I just got annoyed and I wanted to die. I know all the words to get jiggy with it. I have a horribly tiny penis. Responsible journalism. I'm drinking my liquor. When we do the show, we're generally drunk. Puke in the Gang and cake. Take control of the airwaves here, toll-free at 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. 1-855-450-3733. Join us online over at freetalklive.com. We have the Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send in their validated photo or video showing their listeners of the program. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com. If you're a lady listener, you can get details on how to become part of the Shrine. All of them are there over at shrine.freetalklive.com. Have you ever wanted to take a complaint to trial but didn't want to spend the money on an attorney? Couldn't spend the money on an attorney? Didn't have the money to spend on an attorney? Yes. HowToWinInCourt.com is the solution. It's the course for people who don't have an attorney. It teaches you the court's rules, and until you know those rules, you are fighting in the dark. It works for plaintiffs and defendants in civil or criminal matters in state or federal courts. This is the new improved jurisdictionary course, if you're familiar with jurisdictionary. HowToWinInCourt. Com. It's written so the average eighth grader can learn it over the weekend. This is a this is not a, a really difficult uh, you know course, but it teaches you how to use the rules of court. And in, unless you know the rules of court, you're not going to win. If you don't know the rules of baseball and you go out and play baseball, you're not going to win. Their brand new website has all kinds of free tools. You can go there, use the free tools, buy the course. It costs less than an hour with any good attorney. HowToWinInCourt.com. All right, let's continue. We'll take your calls about anything. Coming up, a disturbing law in Kentucky could land you in jail for a year if you don't believe in God. We'll get to that. But first, Michael, listening in California, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to get you guys' advice on something real quick. Uh, I was driving home today, uh, driving in the neighborhood area, right about, I'd say, no less than 10 miles an hour. And um, I'm walking and a dog runs out. You know, like anything, a dog runs out in front of me. 
and I stopped, but somehow I still managed to get it, and I hit it, and I get out of my car, and I I go out to see if there's any damage on my car, see if there's any damage to the dog, and it runs away as mm. fast as it can. And uh, well, that's a good yeah, sign. I run away. What's that? It's a good sign when the dog gets up and runs away after you've hit it. So glad to hear that. Go it ahead. It runs away, and it runs back into the person's house. So I go, I go to the door, and I go to uh, explain what happened. I find out no one's home, but yet they still they still find it all right to leave open their window. Two dogs are able to run out into the street unknowingly for anyone walking by or anyone driving that car. And Just to be clear, the they jumped fight. out of the window. No, 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 no. They ran out of a window. Like it's a, it's just a one-story house. They, they ran out of the window, and then they they're able to run onto the street. Okay. And so I wanted your guys' advice. I tried to talk to the owners, but no one was home. Should I leave it alone, or should I go back and let them know what happened? Good question. You were going 10 miles an hour? Uh, I'd say it's probably that would be as fast as I probably was going. It's hard to go 10 miles an hour. Yeah, like I mean, it's hard car. to hit anything at 10 miles an hour. Oh, yeah, exactly. That's why, that's why it was so confusing, because I still stopped, but yet you know, I still heard it cry, and I heard something bump. I'm not sure what happened. If the dog gets up and runs away, I would say that, you know, you're not obligated to you know, beat down their door trying to get in touch with them. If, if you went up and you tried to talk to them, uh, then that, I think, is about all you really need to do. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I think that I don't think anybody has any culpability when it comes to an animal running into the street. I mean, you're doing the neighborly thing and you have done the neighborly thing. It doesn't seem like they've got a whole lot of neighborly going on with uh, dogs running out of windows and uh, into the street. Thanks for the call, Michael. I do appreciate hearing from you. 855-450-FREE, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. If they were deeply concerned about their animals being hit by cars they'd in the keep the, street, the windows they would, closed. Yeah, they'd prevent their animals from doing that. 1-855-450-FREE. According to Alternet.org, in Kentucky, a homeland security law requires the state citizens – this is a fresh story, by the way, just from a couple days ago – the state citizens to acknowledge the security provided by the Almighty God – or risk 12 months in prison? Is that what Jesus would do, Mark? I No. Um, this is a proposed law? Um, no, I don't believe this is proposed. Let me, let me see here, because I, I looked through this, and it makes it sound like it's been in the books for a while here. Whether it's being enforced or not is another question. The law and its sponsor, State Representative Tom Reiner, have been the subject of controversy since the law first surfaced in 2006. Yet the Kentucky State Supreme Court has refused to review its constitutionality, which means it is a law, not a bill. Okay. Uh, despite clearly violating the First Amendment's separation of church and state, Edwin Kagan, the legal director of American Atheists, a national organization focused on defending the civil rights of atheists, said the following. This is one of the most egregiously and breathtakingly unconstitutional actions by a state legislature that I have ever seen. American Atheists launched a lawsuit against the law in 2008, which won at the circuit court level, but was then overturned by the state's Court of Appeals. The law states, quote, The safety and security of the Commonwealth cannot be achieved apart from reliance upon Almighty God, as set forth in the public speeches and proclamations of American presidents, including Abraham Lincoln's historic March 30, 1863 presidential proclamation, urging Americans to pray and fast during one of the most dangerous hours in American history, and the text of President John F. Kennedy's November 22, 1963 national security speech, which concluded, quote, For as was written long ago, except the Lord keep the city. 
city, the watchman waketh but in vain, unquote. Well, um, okay, so yeah, those are those are great speeches that uh, one calls upon God to uh, protect um, or you know, says that, yes, God likes our team and doesn't like the other guys because those are bad ones. Um, and, and that's fine. It's used in rhetoric in all languages and all areas and, you know, okay. But to suggest that there's a penalty for not uh, a 12 month in jail penalty for not uh, you know believing in my version of god then that's a real problem well the law says that plaques celebrating the power of the almighty god be installed outside the state homeland security building and carries a criminal penalty of up to 12 months in jail if one fails to comply one meaning i would presume Whoever it is that is running that building to put up the plaque, the plaque's inscription begins with the assertion, quote, the safety and security of the Commonwealth cannot be achieved apart from reliance upon almighty God, unquote. Tom Reiner, a Baptist, sounds like a mezuzah, Baptist minister and the longtime Democratic state representative sponsored the law. He said the church state divide is not a line I see, he told the New York <laughs> Times shortly after the law was first challenged in court. Quote, what I do see is an attempt to separate America from its history of perceiving itself as a nation under God. This is a common uh, claim is that this is a Christian nation, which he's not well, he explicitly he saying that here. Yeah. He's not explicitly saying that. But he's certainly not talking about, uh, you know, the pantheistic God, I don't right. think. Well, I'm not an atheist uh, by any stretch, but I wouldn't suggest that anybody has to follow, follow my uh, prescriptions on, on religion. I think that mine are the best. That's why I've come to those conclusions. But that doesn't, you know, there are obviously other people going to have different ideas. I find it terrifying and despicable that atheists were listed as like the, the least the least trusted the least trusted people in America like somehow they're out there just waiting and in, in, you know just waiting for that opportunity to snatch your kids up or something so this isn't a law that it, you know is a litmus test on whether or not you're an atheist and if you are you go behind bars it's not gone that far but it does have that feel behind it like let's tie the state in with the church and I think that's bothersome we're coming up it's free talk live the three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are, one, share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site. Two, buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com. Three, give five bucks a month to the AMP program. You like your friends. You like Free Talk Live. Like your friends enough to share something you like with them. Help Free Talk Live get into more ears. Podcast listeners are the most important area of growth for Free Talk Live. Please share one episode a week on Facebook. This is Free Talk Live. It is the live Saturday edition of the program. You can take control of these airwaves here at 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Join us online over at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features. We've got news updates. You will be kept in the loop regarding Free Talk Live and what's going on with the show. If you are on our news list, go to news.freetalklive.com. You'll find our email list there as well as links over to Facebook and Twitter. And so email is, of course, the best way to ensure that you receive all the important news about the show. Facebook and Twitter, you're going to get more than just the uh, the critical news about Free Talk Live. You'll get updates during the show. You'll get links to show prep, questions, observations, things like that. It's more interactive with Twitter and Facebook. But you can link to them all over at news.freetalklive.com. And, of course, it's all free. 
BitInstant.com is the place to go to get your Bitcoins. If you don't know what a Bitcoin is, it's an online peer-to-peer open-source currency. It's probably the most, in my opinion, the most exciting invention of the last decade, and maybe the most exciting invention since the Internet itself. Uh, Certainly, the Internet made Bitcoins possible, and I think they're going to change the face of humankind. Um, To get your Bitcoins, go to BitInstant.com. They've got more than a million locations in more than 30 countries. They're the fastest, safest, least costly, and uh, largest company that you can have the most trust in uh, in order to get your Bitcoins. BitInstant.com. We're talking about a disturbing story out of Kentucky that is an indicator of where things might be going in that state. You've got a, a law that apparently was passed is as long ago as 2006, which requires that there be plaques posted celebrating the power of the Almighty God installed outside the state homeland security building. And if that uh, is not complied with, then there's a criminal penalty of 12 months in jail. Uh, the atheists are saying that this is a, d- a direct attack on them, and there has been challenge in court. The uh, the atheists won at a lower level court. Then it, that was overturned. So apparently, it is going to be going to the state supreme court to make a decision on this. And the law was brought up by a Baptist minister, who's also a longtime Democratic state representative, Tom Reiner. And Reiner is uh, solely devoted to his faith, even when that directly conflicts with his job as state representative. This story from Alternet.org. He has often been at the center of unconstitutional and expensive controversies throughout his 26 years in office. In the last 10 years, for example, the state has spent more than $160,000 in a string of losing court cases against the ACLU over the state's decision to display the Ten Commandments in public buildings, legislation that Mr. Reiner sponsored. Now, although the Kentucky courts have yet to strike down that law, some judges have been explicit about its unconstitutionality. Now, what I think is interesting here is that the atheists are fighting this, but in a lot of cases, atheists will be the people who will say, we got to vote Democrat. Uh, and this guy who's putting forth this legislation is a Democrat. So hopefully atheists out there will remember that voting party lines doesn't do anything for uh, advancing whatever cause it is you're looking to advance because anybody can be a Democrat or Republican, and plenty of Democrats are out there looking to control people's social behavior as well. You know, it's uh, Democrats that created the uh, the explicit lyrics label, for instance. It was uh, Tipper Gore, mm-hmm. Hillary Clinton backed that one up, I think, as well. And uh, so, you know, please... All the atheists out there that might be concerned about this particular issue, please take note. This was the Democrat, a Democrat that put this through. Now, I'm sure he had Republican co-sponsors and Republicans were uh, were helping him out with this. Wouldn't seem unlikely. I think it's interesting to uh, to point that out. Let's go to Derek. He's listening in uh, South Carolina to WSCFM in the Charleston area. Hey, Derek. Hey, how's it going, guys? I've uh, been Great. listening to you guys just for a few days now. Kind of like what I hear. It's a little... It's a, Refreshing change from the dinosaurs I usually hear on the air during the day. Thank you. Um, i just like to comment on that story that you guys are talking about, how uh, I think you were discussing how the United States is a Christian nation, or you disagree, or whether you disagree or not, I just tuned in. But I'd like to say that it's most assuredly not a Christian nation. And all you have to do is look at the First Amendment for proof. There would not be a First Amendment to the Constitution of the United States if it was a Christian nation. If you reference any of the founding fathers, Ben Franklin, Thomas Jefferson, John Adams, take your pick, they all explicitly 
were against the idea of having a Christian nation. Many of them were deists. Well, yeah, yeah, I'd like to. They were deists. They were they were they were scientists. You know, they were they were thoughtful human beings. They they had intellect and intelligence. Well, I don't, I don't think it's this, I don't think it's fair to say that Christians don't have intellect or intelligence. I mean, I think a lot of them certainly yeah, do. Yeah, you know, the, let's let's point out that the the Constitution, the Bill of Rights that you're referencing, it's a compromise, and many of the founding fathers were downright uh, th- uh, th- uh, theologians. They expect they wanted a theocracy. They wanted one religion. That's why you would see places like Massachusetts, which was a Puritan colony, and that kind of thing. But, sure, but that was the colonies. And Agreed. The colonies are different than the United States of America. It and was a compromise. compromise that did occur occurred because the argument against the institution of a theocracy won the day. And it should. So for people to say that it, that we live in a Christian nation to me is just it, it, it is a tad bit absurd. And to require the, the display of the Ten Commandments makes absolutely no sense. It. We need to wake up as a society, and we don't have to bash people who believe in God or who believe in. Jesus is the Lord and Savior, or who are Jews or Muslims. We don't have to bash anybody who has their own personal beliefs. But we need to wake up and realize that the only thing true in this world is change, and that science wins the day. Everything's equal. Everything's about equality. And in my opinion, and you can agree or disagree, the, the idea of religion is invented by man in order to give them the idea of a higher power. Because when you give the, a person deep in their psychology the idea that a higher power, in fact, exist, they're ripe to be picked, to be shown authority from a, another human being, and they're, they're more likely to, to bow down to the authority of another mm. human being. Anybody that claims authority can do so justifiably because the idea of a higher power is already ingrained in I the, think that's the, true. I, I, I disagree entirely. I think that's it's true around a regular... Uh, we need to get back to science. Yeah, I think that, that what the statement about uh, how it's used to control people, I think, is true around organized religion. I don't think it's true about religion as a whole. Religion is just a, you know, a set of beliefs about the origin of the universe and the reason why we're here. Chris- but Mark, what do you think? Christianity was a protest religion. It was a protest against the governments of its day. It took 350 years or so for it to become the uh, you know establishment the, the establishment religion and well, it, it changed inexorably. It wasn't a sta- it was established by the Roman government. It wasn't established by any sort of uh, movement or um, any sort of protest of the populace. It was it was no no it was a protest a religion. Rome, the Council of Nicaea wrote out the doctrines and said here here's here's your faith believe it or die. It was a protest religion before. Constantine, uh, you know, killed in the name yeah, of Jesus. Uh, yeah, sure. So it was a it was a protest origin, um, or uh, you know, originally. And I think that a protest religion originally. And I think that that's certainly possible. Um, and same to, thing to with su- Islam. To suggest that people that believe in science or that don't believe in God are somehow, uh, you know, not uh, somehow against the state is ludicrous. Go ahead and take yourself to one of these skeptic conventions and uh, talk to these people about the ideas of liberty, and you will find some of the biggest statists around. Sure, and um, I, I, and that's why I say you shouldn't you shouldn't besmirch people who are of faith and who have those beliefs. But I think that when it comes to governing a society, science should be at the forefront when it comes to the origins of the universe. And if we don't have answers to questions, we should plainly state that we do not have the answers to the questions instead of 
forcing beliefs down other people's throats. Thanks, Derek, for the call, them. man. I appreciate your Ten Commandments on a state house. Yeah, I appreciate your thoughts tonight. Thanks for making them. Eight five five four fifty free. I don't think there should be religious statements uh, put on the Department of Homeland Security. Well, if so, you have to allow all religions to put a statement on there. I would think if you're going to allow one, you would have to allow everybody, including the Satanists, to now, uh, put up their own. He's referencing a situation where I believe the uh, the, the, the the Ten Commandments were put up in a courthouse, and there are different instances in different places that Ten Commandments have been put up at courthouses. I think the Ten Commandments have a place at courthouses because they are a, they are a law. They are laws, and if you but put they're up, not the government's they're laws. not the current government's laws, but they're historical laws. So, so could we also put up some uh, excerpts from the Quran while we're in there far too? As I'm concerned, as long as as long see, as see, then you open a Pandora's box of allowing any religion uh, no, no, to put I, up something I in there. I think it's historical stuff. That's what I think. Oh, so your historic religion's more valid than my new religion? The history of law, not the history of religion. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. i got to disagree with you on that. It's Free Talk Live. More coming up. You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio, podcast, satellite, webcam, and our live streams. But did you know you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere? Add this number to your phone. 213-493-0308. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Listen Lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 213-493-0308. That's 213-493-0308. This is Free Talk Live. We're doing the live Saturday edition of the program, and we do this thing every single night of the week, seven nights a week, even on holidays. So we're here to take your calls about anything, 855-450-FREE. You can join us online at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that we have on the site. We do give them away. Those other talk show hosts charge you for their sites. If you would like, though, you can uh, support the show on a consensual basis by becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier, and you may do that by going to amp.freetalklive.com. Now, AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote, and the idea is simple. You send in a few bucks a month, five of them, and we'll take that five bucks, we'll invest it into Free Talk Live, get on more radio stations, bring more internet listeners on board, and expose new people to the ideas of freedom. Uh, So if that's valuable to you... I hope that you'll support us because we're the only ones really doing it in in a national form, like national radio. There's a lot of great liberty-oriented podcasts out there, and you can find a whole bunch of them over at LRN.FM. By the way, Mark, I added your podcast uh, to LRN.FM. Uh, I'm so honored. Starting today. Uh, I'd like to thank all the little people. It's uh, Well, I think we are the little people, Mark. Uh, we're not the biggest show in the world, but uh, we are you know, the biggest, most visible show in the liberty movement as far as national um, radio media is concerned. So if you like that we're on over 100 radio stations across the country and you'd like to see that number, say, become 200, then you can go to amp.freetalklive.com and or maybe you just want to see us expand on the internet we do that with amp too uh or you like lrn.fm that is also helped by the amp program so amp.freetalklive.com you get perks like access to the amp only call in lines amp only podcast the amp only forum and more go to get the details and get signed up amp.freetalklive.com we really appreciate it let's go to daniel in california we're talking about a disturbing law in kentucky that basically proclaims 
that it is the Almighty God that uh, is, you know, the reason why there is safety and security. Uh, they say the safety and security of the Commonwealth cannot be achieved apart from reliance upon Almighty God as set forth in blah, blah, blah. And then they cite some speeches by some American presidents as their rationale for this. Uh, the law has been upheld by a mid-level court in the state of Kentucky, and it's kind of disturbing. Daniel's on the line in California. Go ahead. Yeah, I think it's kind of ridiculous, uh, but it really is a long-standing current in American culture. It's Calvinism. It's the idea that if you are prosperous and successful, it's because you are righteous, and God has chosen to bless you. you know, it's uh, predestination and that sort of stuff. And now, let me ask really you about this. I mean, if you, ask me. uh, you know, I mean, bad things happen to everybody. And yeah. d- does one conclude then that when bad things happen to people, that therefore um, God is mad? And, uh, you know, things like just natural death can be considered a tragic thing. Um, you know, I mean, it's it's not a great thing. My my grandmother died a few years ago, and it was an awful experience. She was— Yeah, there's you know, nothing good about it. Right. That's, uh, that's, that's part of humanity. I mean, we are limited creatures. We live in a uh, sort of a, a neutral— uh, solid reality that we can only manipulate so much with our brains and that's it you know like i disagree that there's nothing uh, good about grandma dying i mean she could have been in a place okay okay okay. well okay i meant that the uh, experience of the pain it obviously it's painful and there's no there's no negotiating with that kind of pain i mean it's it's for a lot of for the law of the case yeah but the cancer's a bad thing too she got cancer from smoking if god loved her why would why would she get cancer from smoking Hmm. the bible doesn't say anything about smoking it says treating your body like a temple but you know temples have sense have smoke from incense in them i i I, I don't you know i mean one if if one says that i mean the bible's clear the the rain falls on the just and the unjust Hmm. and this idea this calvinist idea that uh good things happen to the righteous and bad things happen to the wicked it's pretty ridiculous is is absolute yeah. patent nonsense yeah it, it i think it, it borders on uh heretical if you were i mean yeah. from a catholic perspective they would probably would call it heretical um, it, it, but i had a quick uh, uh just a real quick thought on the idea of it being a christian nation when america was founded um i think there's a confusion of terms um, a nation is a group of people a country is a geographic area and we all know what a state is it's a group of thugs so you could make the argument that at its founding, America was populated probably 90%, uh, I mean 98% Christian. And so you can make the argument that the, the nation of Americans was Christian, even though the laws... Uh, well, is there any evidence that it was 98% Christian? I mean, it, during the Enlightenment period, well, de- I'm not, deism... I'm, just, well, I'm, I'm making up that number, but I'm, and I'm not necessarily making this argument. I'm just saying that... Uh, I'm trying to make the distinction between a nation and a state. I think it's well taken, but let me ask you this. I mean, during the Enlightenment period, many people don't get it because there was a reformation that occurred between the Enlightenment period and today. And, um, yeah. you know, at the time, the learned people, many of the learned people were deists. They believed that they were the atheists of their day. Uh, they believed that yeah. God was like a, cl- a watchmaker, that he created the universe and all that it contained and set it loose to do its thing. He wasn't in there tinkering yeah. around. He didn't answer prayers. Um, this is what they believed. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know the quantity of people, but uh, I think it's ha- Patrick Henry. If you go and read his stuff, oh, my, he clearly didn't believe in a God. Yeah, I know. Well, I'm sure that the, uh, I mean, the intellectual class at the time, uh, you, everything you just said, I'm sure is probably totally correct. But um, most of the people in America at the time were not, uh, you know, university graduates who had time to sit around writing uh, books and philosophical tracts. Most of them were hacking it out in the wilderness, 
planting crops and fighting Indians whatever. You know? yeah. And that's another interesting and, part about the nation, too. I mean, does the nation exist um, inside of uh, geographic borders, or do the Indians count in those cases? A nation's well, just I, an I think, idea, I think right? The nation, and so here's, a, here's what I, nation, it comes from the Latin word uh, for birth, and it, so technically a nation is a group of people who hypothetically claim common ancestry, like the nation of Israel, or... Uh, or the, the uh, Lakota nation. Or the, yeah, 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 exactly. Oh, same, I, same idea. Same I, idea. I, I, I think you're absolutely right. I think he's right, but at the same time, these are words people use interchangeably, right. and the dictionary acknowledges that by making state a synonym for nation. And, of course, the second definition for nation is the territory or country itself. So, yeah, yeah. it means one thing, but it also means another thing. And right. I think they're both so ideas that are negative. Would... I think the state and nation are both ideas that lead to separation of human beings because we're all humans all across this whole yeah. world. And and the idea of nations just creates that red team, blue team, or team mentality like, oh, we're better because we were born here on this plot of land, or we're better because yeah, we're, we're born like, under this government. Tribal, it's tribalism scaled up is all it is. And it is. You're right. It, it is, it's silly because it's, it, I mean, I'll, I think that there ought to be seven billion tribes, basically. Thanks, Daniel, for your call tonight, man. I appreciate hearing from you. Right. 855-450-FREE, the SACL CAI toll-free line. I saw a really interesting little bit on 60 Minutes uh, the other e- evening. I think it's, it comes on on Sundays. Um, just don't take my word for it. I get it on uh, TiVo. Um, the, and what they had was they took babies. Like baby babies and several okay. different age groups, and they showed them little puppet shows, and they gauged their reaction to the puppets. And what basically they came down to is that the babies are bigots. Um, but you know, the first the idea was is they take um, two nearly identical dog puppets and like a cat puppet, and the cat puppet would be struggling to open a box lid, and one of the dogs uh, would uh, stomp on the dog's box lid, and the other dog would help the ki- the, the kitty puppet, and then the the kids preferred like 85% of the time the the helpful dog. Okay. But if the kitty did something bad beforehand, then they would prefer the unhelpful dog. Mm. Punish him. Punish them. And if the How ki- old are these kids? 15 months was one of the quotes. Um, okay. I think they might even be younger. One of them I was looking at might have been even younger than that, like mm. it's 6, uh, maybe 3 months. Actually 3 months was one of the the babies. And they could see what they um, what they would stare at longer and that kind of thing. Some of the children would reach for it. Depending on their age, they had different criteria. And these were people that studied babies, so I okay. assume that they know what they're talking about. And in uh, one case, it was just what whether the cat liked something that they liked. If they felt a feeling of fidelity towards the cat or they felt the cat was in a group of the other, if the cat was from the group of the other, then they didn't like the cat. And they wanted they liked the dog that stomped on the, the, the box lid and kind of hurt the kitty or whatever. Mm. Um, but if they liked the kitty because it liked the same thing they liked, then they you know that they would of course choose the other dog. So it's very interesting. I mean, these ideas of sort of tribalism and uh, you know kill the other guy, those things go way way back. Like they're mm. ingrained in the primate that is the human being. Okay. Yeah, I mean, there are some uh, there are some instincts that I think that we should overcome, right? Well, I mean, like you don't know, you don't have to overcome them. You have to be inclusive. If you consider everybody to be part of your, your tribe, group, yeah, then the human tribe, the, the, the group, right? Whatever that is, you you that's the group, um, all of us. Then there won't be a problem, but. Uh, you well, know, there's still going to be interpersonal conflicts. I mean, even within that tribe, well, sure, but there'll be conflicts, you won't have the, but the hatred, it, right? The, the problem is is inclusion and exclusion group mentality 
And that's what it really comes down to. And, and that's, you know, that's what killing and, and wars are all about. If you say that this is a Christian nation, then there's no room in this nation for anything but Christians. And that's why the atheists are pretty upset about what's going on in Kentucky, where their Christianity is being enshrined into governmental uh, legislation. 855-450-FREE, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. You can take control. Bring up whatever's on your mind. Hour three's next. This is the live Saturday edition of Free Talk Live. Why did you move to the Shire? I moved here to the Shire because there's other people around who take liberty just as seriously as I do. I moved to the Shire because I saw videos of people challenging authority and thought that I could get support myself. It called to me, like, do this right now. I wanted to be around people like me who got it. And once I got here, I knew there was nowhere else that I wanted to be. Immigrating to the Shire was easy. I was instantly plugged into a community of individuals who also care about peace, liberty, and justice and are willing to do something about it. The people here are awesome, loving, and positive. It was for the adventure and for the feeling of something important is happening here. And I just wanted to come to sort of be part of that. Visit ShireSociety.com to read and sign the Shire Society Declaration and learn the reasons why, if you love liberty, you should immigrate to the Shire. Plus, add yourself to the Shire map at ShireSociety.com. That's ShireSociety.com. Free Talk Live. We're launching into the third hour of the program. You can dial in toll-free. 855-450-FREE is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free on the site. Those other talk show hosts charge you for their websites. You can go to freetalklive.com and enjoy. You actually get to control the content, too, should you like. You can vote on what's already there. You go to the upcoming stories page. You see the freshest content on the site as submitted by listeners like you. You can vote it up if you like it. Vote it down if you don't. Or if you just want to be positive, only vote up the stuff you like uh, over at freetalklive.com. And the more liked, uh, the stuff that is the most liked will make it to the front page and the top of the site. So go to freetalklive.com. Get interactive. You can also submit things to the site as well. Uh, but we're going to go to your phone calls. You can bring up anything just to bring you up to speed if you're just tuning in. There's a disturbing law in Kentucky that Alternet.org is reporting on, which mandates uh, that there be plaques put up outside of the Department of Homeland Security there, the whatever state version of uh, Homeland Security that the they have, centers. that uh, requires that there is an, a plaque with an inscription that begins with the assertion, quote, the safety and security of the Commonwealth cannot be achieved apart from reliance upon Almighty God. And it's kind of led into a conversation about the, you know, should the government be aligning itself with some kind of a church? Mark, you said you think the Ten Commandments are a fine thing to put up in a courthouse, and you're not even a Christian. I think outside of a courthouse. Um, like on, outside we were, of it. it. When we talked about a story, there have been different stories in different situations. What's the difference outside versus inside? I, th- I don't really have a big problem with outside versus inside. But I have, you know, as far as I'm concerned, if you put up Draco's written laws, um, then that's fine, too. Fine with that. Okay. Historical legal documents that 
that's what the Ten Commandments are, I think are fine in a building that talks about the law. Well, However, what is historical? there is the old uh, George Carlin uh, joke out there that says that, uh, you know, thou shall not commit, thou shall not steal, thou shall not ki- kill, and thou shall not commit adultery in a building full of lawyers. It creates a hostile work environment. Well, that's, yeah, that's good. What's uh, what's considered historical, though? Is it If it's five years old, is that historical? Or I don't think it, it is, be, no. Does it have to be 50, 100, 500, 5,000 to find historical? Isn't anything in the past history? I think that... Um, I, I think that when it comes to government buildings, that uh, you know that there's a real problem that you have a, a communal ownership issue, right? Which is why you either have to allow everything in from every religion, or you allow nothing in. In my opinion, let's go to Manny though. He's listening in, I believe, Charlottesville in Virginia. Hey, uh, Manny, you're on Free Talk Live, listening to WCHV. Hey, how are you? Great. Go ahead with your thoughts. Uh, I guess it's like a, a two-part thought. One is in response to the mandate. Uh, you were kind of joking about the deists of the Enlightenment period. Um, and it's funny that they kind of came to be because it was partially a result of the Black Plague. Um, that, you know, if God was there, I love it. You know, even as a Christian myself, I'm still on the fence about, like, you know, miracles and those things. Like, thanking God for miracles, but not, you know, not holding him accountable for the bad stuff that happens as well. It's it, it is a conundrum. So, yeah, it's it's like I, what I don't get is the irony of it all. That if God is all knowing and all powerful in that sense, then it's like me going up to you, slapping you, and then hugging you and saying it's a miracle because I hugged you. Like <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> It doesn't make it all right because there's a disaster and then one good thing happens, therefore it's a miracle. Yeah, I think that this is something that people have to come to a conclusion of uh, on their own and to uh, you know mandate this to be put on a public building where everybody's tax dollars are going to, you know, yeah. are being stolen in order to uh, fund this building is, uh, you know, I mean, it's antithetical to people's, many people's beliefs, including many Christians. And, and that's, that's my final point because um, I'm driving the airport. Um, but uh, my final point is that, you know, even as a Christian, if if that's what they want to do, it has to get to a point to where, you know, some tax-exempt tax status is relinquished when, you know, religion starts to play a role in government again. You had another example with uh, Billy Graham as well, um, straight out endorsing a particular candidate. If you want to do that, they should really look at, you know, the amount of money that they don't have to pay every year. If they want to start getting involved in politics, just like everyone else in politics, you should be taxed. I think that uh, the government has no place uh, to tax. The government did not create people. God created people. God may tax you if he wishes, um, and uh, some religions says he says that he does. Uh, but governments have no way. You know, to, to to claim taxes from me is to claim that you own me, and I am not your slave. The government doesn't own my land. It doesn't own my labor. So it has no uh, you know holding over me as far as taxes. It does create corporations, however. So if somebody wants the legal protections that come with incorporation then I can see a legitimate role for the monopoly uh, known as the state to collect te- collect taxes in that circumstance. But I think it's unfair for the state to have the monopoly of giving out corporate titles. These, as far as I'm concerned, are titles of nobility. I mean, however, you know, in the Bible it does say give to Caesar what is Caesar's. Well, d- okay, so- just a second here. Um, now, your, your dollar has a, a picture of George Washington on it. Does George Washington own your dollar? 
not necessarily. Jesus was a pretty wise dude, wasn't he? Manny, thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. What are, you, to... what are you getting at there, Mark? Well, the fact is, is Jesus says that uh, whose picture's on that coin? The disciples say Caesar's was. You didn't give him a chance to answer, by the way. Um, and, you know, Jesus says uh, whose picture's on there? The disciples say it's Caesar's. Um, he says, well, render under Caesar what is Caesar's. And I say, yes, you should absolutely give the tax collector everything that belongs to the tax collector. And as far as I'm concerned, I'm not responsible for collecting things to give to the tax collector. So therefore, everything the tax collector is coming to get from me is mine. And that, therefore, that, that's stealing. They're just stealing in the name of the state. Now, Jesus says that, um, so my, my dollar bills have pictures of dead presidents on them, besides $100 bills and $10 bills. Um, and so... That's uh, Hamilton, who was never a president, was secretary of state, and oh, okay. he was ineligible for the office. And Benjamin Franklin, who was never elected, gotcha. was like post- head postmaster. I was just trying to think of who the hell was on those pills. Yeah, it's, yeah. This is why you keep me around, super genius. And so the, you know, to have these people on uh, to, to suggest that you know these dead presidents show that the United States government owns those bills. No one will claim that the money in their pocket is owned by the United States government. It may very well be because it was purchased into existence. Technically, by the they are notes of debt, right? Yeah, so they were. Pur- Purchased into existence by the Treasury Department through the, um, the the Federal Reserve, so one might be able to make that argument. But I own that dollar. I worked for that dollar. That's my dollar, and I'll render unto Caesar what is Caesar's. But Caesar can't have what's mine just because he put a picture on something and it circulated its way to me. Doesn't make it his. Yeah, I apologize if uh, if you feel like I, I, I hung up the phone too fast. It didn't sound like there was an answer uh, coming, and so well, if there was. If a person has been uh, confronted with a new idea, yeah. then that's generally not going to be something that they're going to be right on the money. I know as a radio talk show host, you've got to keep things moving along. But Toll-free number is uh, 855-450-FREE. The alternate.org piece here about the Kentucky legislation which isn't the only disturbing, uh, religiously disturbing legislation out of Kentucky that we were discussing where they're going to force uh, the Department of Homeland Security there to have a God-related placard of some sort, a plaque hanging up on their building. According to Kentucky courts, uh, there was, unfortunately, the mid-level courts upheld this law. So the lower level overturned it. The mid-level then upheld it. One of the dissenting judges in the mid-level court said this, said Kentucky's law is a legislative finding avowed as factual that the Commonwealth is not safe absent reliance on Almighty God. Further, the law places a duty upon the executive director to publicize the assertion while stressing to the public that dependence upon Almighty God is vital or necessary in assuring the safety of the Commonwealth. The rational was in the minority, however, as the Court of Appeals reversed the lower court's decision and decided that the law was constitutional. The last week, American Atheists submitted a I'd petition. I'd love to hear how they came across the idea that the, that it was constitutional. I just don't quite know. I'm sure there's a, a multiple-page legal yeah. opinion out there, Mark, that you could read. And on it's your just own an time. opinion. And this is the funny thing: is, is that uh, you know somehow something could be called law when a uh, you can't even get a, 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 a you know the majority, not the majority, but uh, you know all the judges to agree. If it really is should be a law, shouldn't we get all the judges to agree? Toll-free number tonight, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. Ultimately, is God on the side of the United States? Free Talk Live. You can take control. 
This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free. Bring up whatever you want. 855-450-FREE. The SACL CAI toll-free line. Join us online. Freetalklive.com is our website. We have got listening options for you. Broadband, mid-band, narrow-band versions of the show. Those are our streams, and they're available for you around the clock. So if it's in the middle of the night and you want to hear the latest episode of Free Talk Live, just tune in uh, via the streams at listen.freetalklive.com. And not only do we have streams, but we've got over 100 great radio stations from coast to coast that air the show at various times throughout the week. Our satellite listening choices include XM Satellite Radio, where we are heard all seven nights per week. And in addition to that, you can also pick us up on KU Band, free to air across North America. In addition, we've got the webcam and the listen lines that allow you to call from any phone that can dial long distance. So go to listen.freetalklive.com to learn more about all of those options. Again, that's listen.freetalklive.com. I was talking earlier about bitcoins, and I want to make sure that uh, I'm very clear on it. If you go to bitcoin.freetalklive.com, we've got several links there for you that you can find out more about bitcoins. I do really think that these are going to be an exciting new area um, as far as growth on the internet. I think that this is the this is the area of growth as far as currency goes. What kind of huge leap forward have we seen in currency? Recently, I mean, the last one, paper money, maybe, maybe, maybe you can make the argument that that uh, those little strips that they put in uh, some anti-counterfeiting strips that they put in some bills were a, a a step forward as far as currency goes, but not much compared to an online peer-to-peer open source currency available to anyone on the internet that allows you to send and receive money without paying any fees, that uh, allows you to have complete control over your bank account. Look. People all over the world, American citizens included, are having their bank accounts seized. They're having their money taken. They're having their, um, you know, they're being denied bank accounts, all based on who they are, where they're doing business, who wants their money. You don't own your bank account. The bank does, and ultimately the government of that country does. Bitcoins changes all that. You can go to bitcoin.freetalklive.com to find all find all about it. Bitcoin.freetalklive.com. All right. So 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. So we're kind of back on at least the last question I asked at the end of the last segment. Kind of brings us back to that idea that we were discussing previously with one of the callers about how some people believe that God is on their side, whether it's the guy running into the end zone at a football game, yeah. or people who God doesn't like that other team, or people who believe that God's on the side of the military uh, from which you know which hails from the country uh, where they're from. Both sides believe that. Yeah. yeah, and or God is on their side from whatever personal you know occurrences have happened in their lives and do people i mean really do people believe this why is it that god is on your side but not other people's side why is he not on the side of all the other people that believe you know or if you believe that god is some sort of entity uh separate from you is this uh this daddy god not on the side of the people that worship him in a variety of different ways around the world what makes you so sure that uh, he's on your side but not everyone else's side is it possible that he could be on everyone's side all at once 
how would one be uh, um how would a god be on both sides in a war well this is an excellent question you would question. assume that the people that are fighting it um you know didn't know what the heck they were doing that they were um you know that the, his wayward children well, yeah, I don't know, Mark. I, you know, I don't really buy into this whole uh, daddy god thing in the first place. That's how I, I was raised. I was raised in a Presbyterian uh, church in uh, southwest Florida. Um, but I don't buy into it now. I became an atheist for about a decade, and then in my mid to late 20s, uh, transitioned into pantheism uh, pa- or panentheism. And that basically means that I think that the universe is God, so or that all that is, you know, everything that's out there and everything beyond that uh, is is God, and so therefore, it is godly. You know, th- th- my God, if you will, is on both sides, and uh, my God creates all, you know, th- everything that's bad and good, and I can appreciate that which is bad because it allows me to know what I do want, it allows me to know what I don't want, and it allows me to uh, to have more appreciation for the good things in life because of you know contrast, uh, duality, good and evil, cold and hot, uh, the, having these contrasts, you know, spring, fall, and you know the winter time. Uh, these are con- Contrasts that are wonderful, but a lot of people look at the negative side and they they say, "Well, how could God do X, Y, Z if God is a loving God?" And you kind of, uh, Mark, don't you have kind of a, a, a more panentheistic view? I don't know. I mean, I I think it's interesting. Do you believe your God has a consciousness? Uh, not that beyond, not that is necessarily beyond the consciousness of everything that is. What is the consciousness of everything that is? That seems like a kind of a circular statement. Well, I would say that uh, each individual's consciousness is just an individuation of something that's larger, which would be, you know, God. I'm not sure I understand that. I, I don't feel like I have a consciousness of anything larger other than sort of the conversations that I've had along the way that have shaped, you know, my belief systems. Okay. Well, I don't know how to explain do, it to you. I mean, do rocks have consciousness? They're part of everything, right? Well, you could, if, if a rock had a consciousness, uh, there would be no way to determine that, at least from our position today. But certainly the rock is connected to all that is. And so the rock is God from, that perspe- from my perspective. The Christian Bible does mention that God is all in all. Mm-hmm. And so this is a, you know, there's some foundation for what you're talking about. I think that people can have different ideas in these areas. I tend to I tend to wax poetic around God because I don't think that there's any way to you know ascribe you know I mean these are issues of faith these aren't issues of uh, science or anything that can be sort of meted out um, or looked at necessarily I you know I mean science is getting into such a faith-based kind of uh, area where one has to believe for instance in the big bang theory that all matter that exists inside the universe the billions of uh, galaxies with that contain inside them hundreds of billions Billions of uh, stars. All was all that matter was contained into an area the size of the of a baseball, mm-hmm. and then it exploded out. I mean, I've got nothing but faith around that statement. I mean, that seems like a faith based statement to make that statement. Well, science is showing that most of uh, our, you know, for instance, most of what we look at, our bodies are mostly empty space. I mean, if you look down at the atomic level, it's I think it is. Yeah. Uh, that you know, that's what you see. There's Space. mostly nothing in yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, you feel pretty solid, and the desk that we're sitting at here is darn I, solid. To I uh, haven't to our slipped through the chair yet. Right, but uh, yeah, there's there's something else going on there, and there's a lot of space involved. Eight five five fascinating stuff. Yeah, it is eight five five four fifty three. What I think is most interesting is that over time, it seems that science is pointing more towards spirituality. Uh, and I think that there's kind of a I think it's perception a melding of that happening. I mean, obviously, yeah. I mean the 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 core skeptic is never going to uh, is never going to believe something like that. But I think that a lot of the 
the interesting observations coming from like quantum science, which I don't claim to really have a scientific grasp on. I just know how it's been explained to me. And it sounds very, it seems like it kind of plays into the religious belief yeah. system. I that really everything's like the connected. videos I see on YouTube. Yeah, that everything's connected. Mm. And there's evidence for that, right? So that rock that you're talking about, you're sharing electrons with it, and it's connected to you. Uh, and that's true about everything, which means that all of the separation that we experience is really just an illusion. And that separation includes your consciousness, because we can't, you know, science really can't handle consciousness. They don't really know what it is. Not yet. There's no real way to, uh, to explain it. 855-450-FREE, the SACL CAI toll-free line. So I think that all of the consciousnesses that we have out there, each individual is just a individuation, if you will, a division of a greater whole. 855-450-FREE, the SACL CAI toll-free line. But you can tell us what you think here. Take control of the airways. One thing about me, I'm never going to force my beliefs on anybody. I'm not going to force you to put up a plaque. (laughs) This is Free Talk Live. Bring up whatever you want. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Shop.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, get a great deal, and a portion of your purchase goes to benefit Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon via shop.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You may bring up anything you like. Toll free, 855-450-FREE. That toll free number is brought to you by SACL CAI. Yep, SACL CAI is a company that handles accounts receivable. Uh, one of the principals over there, Jason Osborne, has been a big supporter of Free Talk Live for a very long time, years. And if you've got a company and you need to try something new in the area of accounts receivable, you find the collections aspect of uh, your business to be in uh, arduous and vexing task, SACL CAI can do it for you. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com. It's the top one on the right-hand side of the page. Again, it's SACL CAI. Let's go to the phones, to the fun. Talk to Gordon listening in Medford, Oregon, KMED. Hey, Gordon. Hey, hey guys. What's on your I'm mind on... tonight? Okay, good. I, I would really love to see you guys debate, uh, personally, Bill O'Reilly or something. That would be a kick <laughs> in the butt. I'll tell you what. It'd be pretty amazing. Really uh, I would have a fun time doing that. Here, Here's what I would suggest to you. I didn't debate Bill yes. O'Reilly, but I actually was in a debate with about nine other talk show hosts, uh, some of whom were really? from the right, some of whom were on the left. If you go uh-huh. to publicity.freetalklive.com, that's publicity.freetalklive.com, and you, I'm writing that down. Yep, you scroll down a little bit, you'll see... Uh, Ian versus Hartman, Schnitt, Humphreys, Combs, and more in the 2012 Talk Rumble. So there's a... Oh, Combs, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah. So I was up against, uh, you know, some of the heavy hitters in the talk radio well, business. Yeah. And so you can actually see oh, that. I would love to see that. And quite thanks for uh, for sharing that with me because you guys would bury them, uh, in my opinion, really. But well, I, and it I all depends regard- on your perspective. I'm sure if somebody was watching this, is by the way, it's about a 40 yeah. minute long video, so there's a lot of content there. Uh, I'm sure okay. if somebody is on the left is watching this, they think that the lefties won. If somebody's on the right watching it, they think the righties won. And if somebody's of a liberty perspective, they probably think I cleaned the floor with them. Uh, so it just all depends on the perspective of the viewer, I think. 
Well, yeah, it's called logic. <laughs> well, thanks. I do appreciate uh, it. So what else did you want to share? I mean, well, I, I, you were, guys were talking about um, uh, God and and who he is, what he represents, whose side he's on, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I've got a long poem, but I, I, I couldn't take up the time because you guys would cut me off. But uh, unless you want to hear it. Depends on how time. long long is and how good the poem is, so I don't know. Well, the the poem is excellent, and it's uh, probably about two minutes, uh, if I can... Who, who's the writer? Tell us a little bit about the uh, the background here. Me. Okay, you've written your own poem. Right, go, well, let's yeah. give it a try. We'll see how it goes. If it's, right. if it's, you know, something I can't handle, we'll stop you in the middle of it. Uh, go ahead. Okay, it, 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 but you got to the bottom paragraph is where it really comes in. All right. Okay. So the seagull casts according to runes through beads of mirrored tears. Swab pirate's words of apricot crawl out of your veneer. Anoint your eyes with Midas oil and make it still appear. Aladdin's lamp, Aladdin's lamp is glowing bright, transmuting panacea. To Are you following soul, this, Mark? It's it, 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 you know it has very lyrical language yeah and um, you know I, I think that okay. uh, you know I'm uh, having a little trouble uh, over the phone line, here let me cut. go right ahead cut to the chase well, you okay all right God sang the seagoat is always on both sides change sang the seagoat is constant as the tides and this play sang the seagoat is strangely synthesized. When you're part of a cast, the first comes last. The east goes west. The worst is best. And the sun is burning out. It is definitely poetry. I, you know, I don't claim to be a, a poetry expert or anything like that. Here's what I would suggest. Uh, we have a Facebook yes. page at facebook.freetalklive.com. Can you post the full text to our Facebook page? Yes, I can. That would probably be the, one of the best ways. Also, our uh, Free Talk Live BBS, but the Facebook page has uh, fairly good traffic. So that would be a good way for people to really be able to kind of ruminate on uh, the lyrics cool. that uh, that you've put forth. Anything else that you want to share directly to us tonight? Just say that I like you guys' show. Gordon, uh, thanks. You guys are, you're, are there, and keep it up. We will do that, and I appreciate your call tonight. Thank you. 855-450-FREE, the SACL CAI toll-free line. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely not a... I never really dug poetry when I was growing up, and I think it's because the government forced it down my throat. I think when I was in government school, they, you know, they wanted to teach you about haiku, and they wanted to teach you about what were the other ones? I don't even remember what they're called. <laughs> There's lots limericks, of limericks, I guess. Uh, I don't think they taught you too many limericks. No, in they school. didn't. No. I guess, but uh, let's see. I'm trying to remember what the other ones were, but I don't remember. Anyway, they shoved them down my throat, and you had to learn about all the beats in the poetry, and you had to write all. And it was just you forced me to do things. I don't like it. I don't like it. And that doesn't mean that I ha- I haven't been able to appreciate it a little bit more as an adult, but I'm not the kind of person who's going to go out and buy a poetry book because of, I think, what happened to me in government school. I, I, I don't know. For whatever reason, I think it's fallen out of fashion to some extent. It, you know, that beat poetry might be coming back a little bit. Uh, NPR's got this thing where they've, uh, they'll have they get you in front of a, a mic in different places, and I think it's kind of interesting. But maybe, maybe hip-hop has replaced poetry um, hmm. on a sort of a, a national stage. Let's go to Michelle. She's in California. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Michelle. Hi there. Can you hear me? Yeah, just fine. Go ahead. Okay, sorry. I have split internet. Um, I wanted to talk about the RFID. Sure. If, uh, you're familiar with that down in Texas? 
in well, Oakland, California. Here. Uh, tell me more about what you mean in Texas and California. RFID, as I understand it, is a uh, it's a technology that is very small. It allows storage of information, for instance, identifying information for an ident- for like a passport or a driver's license, but also is used in uh, stock rooms to identify amounts of uh, product on a on a pallet, for instance, and easily process products. So there's some real benefits to RFID, and there's some possible dangers. Go ahead. Okay, the dangers I would think would be, um, for instance, the students that got uh, suspended for not wearing their ID uh, at school, because that's how they track the students whether they're on campus or not. Right, they've got the uh, the lanyards with the ID badge on them. Right, so they're being suspended temporarily um, until uh, until the judge deems otherwise. I don't know, but um, they're also doing it to preschoolers. They're embedding them in their clothing. Who's they? And I think this is being done um, in Texas. There's there's a several schools in California. There's one outside of Richmond or in Richmond, and there's several outside of Sacramento that um, have been putting them in children's clothing as kind of a, a trial run. Hmm. And um, I don't know what, you, what your take was on that because I have three children of my own, and if they're in public school or uh, I mean they're they pretty much boycott any kind of homeschooling. My take on it is if a parent is fine with it, then that's their business. But if it's forced on everyone, I've got a problem with it. Mark, what do you think? Well, I think that if this was done in a private school, that there might be some value to this. In, Most in, preschools are privately run. No, 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 they were talking about public schools. You said, right? I'm sorry, you said in the preschool they are putting them in clothes, correct? Right, but there's two different types of preschools. There's ones that are federally funded, and then there's ones that are private. Uh-huh. Okay. So, um, um, forgive me, I don't know which ones are actually installing the RFID. Well, we know that the uh, what you were talking about before with the lanyards, that's a government school thing, right? So to have all the kids wearing lanyards as they're walking around the, the campus all day, that's a government school thing, and that's being mandated on people. So that I have a problem with. But if you're going to a preschool and you're consenting to send your kids there and they tell you, hey, we want to put some uh, tracking chip in your child's clothing, then you're consenting to that, too, if you consent to it. In which case, you know, if it's consensual, that's fine. I think there's some value in the idea of being able to track your preschooler. I agree that there's value. I also think that uh, to to some extent we are being, um, you know, over time acclimated to a police state like for instance if you go to a big box store and they want to shake you down on the way out they mm-hmm. want to you know see, let's go i'm going to go through your bags and i'm going to check what's on the receipt versus what's in the bag look if you trusted me enough to come up to the cash register and make it this far i don't need you to go through my bags i'm going to you know i'm going to go return my stuff and i'm going to get my money back i don't want to be sh- shaken down on the way out and i understand why people don't want that kind of uh, treatment uh, in in certain areas i can also see value in keeping an eye on your kid kids wander away way michelle i'd like to know what you think if you want to hang on we can bring you back here in a moment and you can tell us how you feel about this 855-450-FREE that's the SACL cai toll free line but generally i'm against the idea of government tracking don't like that at all 1-855-450-FREE i'm against the idea of having them have any information at all about you the more they can get the more power they have the more information about you that is 855-450-FREE in the remaining moments we have enough time for you and your thoughts coming up free talk live The three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are, one, share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site. Two, buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com. Three, give five bucks a month to the AMP program. It's my firm belief that Free Talk Live's AMP program is the best use of your charitable dollar among liberty-oriented organizations. Support all the organizations you love. 
But make sure you give five bucks a month to AMP at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Moments remain. Enough time for you and your thoughts. If you dial in now, 855-450-FREE, the SACL CAI toll-free line. Join us online over at freetalklive.com. With you tonight, it's Ian. And Mark. And if you would like to support this show, you can do that by promoting Free Talk Live. Go to promote.freetalklive.com. You'll find resources there that you can utilize, everything from uh, flyers that you can print and hand out or post on poster boards like at college campuses or a local coffee shop or wherever and also web graphics you can use on your website or blog we've also got high res graphics you can take and do whatever it is you want to do with over at promote.freetalklive.com plus you can learn how to get a free bumper sticker promote.freetalklive.com as we go back to the phones and michelle is still there in california she called about rfid to ask what we think about the idea of it being either forced on or uh, requested consensually as far as uh, parents sending their kids to certain schools, preschools. Apparently some preschools are, uh, are, are, I guess, sewing them into clothing of the children that go there. And then also you've got government schools that are forcing kids to wear lanyards uh, with ID badges on them, that kind of thing, to keep track of them as though they are cattle. Uh, but let's. Uh, I'm curious as to, Michelle, what you think. You had asked us what we think about it, but go ahead. Um, well, I, I don't think that it, okay, first of all, if, okay, I've had children in preschool, and it should be up to the, the person in charge there to keep track of the children, why the government. You like, broke why, up why a little bit there. Have... It should be up to the person in charge. What? Go ahead. I mean, okay, I used to work at a preschool, mm-hmm. so I used to watch the children and make sure none of them were missing. So why do I have to depend on the government to watch children? through these devices that they sew into their clothing. Well, I don't know if the preschools, just to clarify, are the preschools working with the government, or is this a privately run program when when it comes to the preschools? Honestly, I can't answer that. Um, It seems unlikely that they're working with the government, because working with the government is a very difficult process. They are incompetent. They don't tend to know what they're doing. I would guess that some salesman came into the preschool from whatever RFID tagging company it is and managed to sell them on the idea of, hey, look, you know, you can put these chips in the kids' clothing and you can watch them on this little monitor over here or something like that. I mean, I'd like to know more about the technology myself. And, and of course, parents should be the ones that are the really ones that care about this. I mean, buyer beware. Mark, you're sending uh, Jack to a preschool-like kind of thing. Yeah, it's a kindergarten. And, uh, you know, what, what would you do if they came up to you with this proposal? It seems well, highly unlikely. First of all, I um I remember putting my child in kindergarten, and if he wasn't there for a certain amount of time, they threatened me with jail time. So, yeah, that's no um, good. It's 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 something that they're they're pushing on everybody. And it says a federally funded preschool in Richmond, California, began embedding RFID chips in students' clothing. In okay, yeah. If it's federally funded, then that very well could be some kind of government program. And that obviously is uh, disturbing to me. And I thank you, Michelle, for the uh, the call and the heads up on that here tonight at 855-450-FREE. One thing that's for certain is governments love to collect information. Governments all over have always loved to collect information. It gives, For one, it gives them busy work storing mm. the information and what a collating and filing and doing whatever it is they do with that information. So they have to, of course, if they have the busy work, they can, of course, charge you more money through taxes in order to file, collate, and store this stuff. So... 
uh, yeah, governments are going to love it, love information. They just love it. And I'm not sure what the, the reasons for it are. I do think that uh, preschools... Well, it's the police state thing like you were talking about earlier. I mean, people are being acclimated to the police state. And if young people from a very young age are used to having some kind of identifying badge on them. They may not realize there's RFID involved. I mean, you know, if you're eight years old in government elementary school, you but may you're going to know that it goes beep beep or whatever. Not necessarily. I don't, it may not. It may not make any noise whatsoever. Okay, it doesn't have to go beep beep. You're going to know that if uh, the teacher comes looking for you, if you wander too far, people, kids are going to find out very quickly that, that they're this, tracking that this, they're being tracked. Maybe so. Maybe and, so. Uh, but either way, uh, it is acclimating them to that because, like a lot of the government school uh, kids these days, are used to having the police come into their school and do dogs, uh, you know, searches, sniff out the drugs in the lockers. Supposedly, these are normal behavior for these young people. But for you and I, uh, it would have been pretty unusual if we were going to school and something like that happened. So if they're used to carrying around some sort of government ID from age five or earlier that's some serious training going on there agreed let's go to rick he's listening in georgia rick you're on free talk live hey i just i don't know if you guys know what Infowars is yep that's a website uh, that uh, alex jones who is a talk radio host kind of a more conspiracy theory uh ben has put out there very popular site what about it well that's what he talks a lot about that about how they're infiltrating he says like um, there's a lady that I listen to on coast to coast and she, you know, she fought against it getting put into like Macy's cause like, like you can walk down an aisle in some of the major department stores and there's one of those chips and it can pick up your driver's license and your information. No, that's not true. Uh, the chip that the, no, the chip is, is inert. Uh, normally it cannot pick up anything. What you do is you have to have an RFID scanner and then the scanner can pick up the information on the chips. So in the case of, and this is a problem with a lot of the conspiracy theories out there is they get passed around like, you know, the telephone game and they get mis people get misinformed about it. If you are working in inventory at Walmart or wherever it is that the RFID chips are in use, you have a scanner, you can scan the inventory coming in off the truck and it will, you know, register there and tell you, oh, well, there's uh, X amount of uh, cameras on this pallet, and that's what that's being used for. The RFID scanner has to send out certain radio waves in order for the RFID chip So it's to not a chip, it's a scanner. Kind of the, bounce it's not like it's that far off. Well, there is a chip and there is a scanner, and they're two very distinct parts of this system. The, the chip itself does not transmit unless it is activated by a scanner. Uh, anyway, I hope they've made that clear. Go ahead, Rick. No, I, that's, I mean, she's fought against, like, some of the major department stores, that lady did. Yeah, I think and it's a huge waste not, of time. Right. Well, I, look, I, I don't care if department stores use RFID chips to identify, where, you know, what products are coming off of a truck and help people count uh, inventory faster. That's what RFID is right. used for in the back of a department store. It doesn't, it doesn't violate my privacy when that's happening. But when government forces people to be chipped or forces them to carry chipped IDs or passports or things like that, then it gets into the area where I've got some concerns. But if they've got chips in, say, credit cards or something like that, now I've heard that these chips might be in credit cards. Um, it's one of yep. the reasons I have a, a metal wallet to uh, prevent these things from <laughs> happening. Um, you got a tinfoil hat, too, Mark? I do not have a tinfoil hat, only a metal wallet. Um, but, you know, I mean, it, it would be bad information. I don't know if that's what's going on in, in um, you know, these credit cards, but, you know, it might as well. Well, look at the schools in Houston. That's what they just said. They they were doing that uh, tracking of the kids in Houston. Why why is our government, you know, the TSA? 
Why why is the TSA infiltrating into everything in our lives? You know, oh, they always you know. had that. Well, that's what government does. I mean, it's not just the TSA. It's every government program out there expands, becomes more oppressive, more intrusive, more expensive. It's the nature of government. So the TSA is just another government agency. So that's just what they do. They have RFID scanners. You can buy one um, relatively cheaply on the Internet. Mm-hmm. Buy one. Find out what kind of information you can find out. Because yeah. a, there's a lot of fear-mongering that goes on around a lot of uh, different subjects. And I don't know if you walk down the aisle in a grocery store and they can find out what size underpants you're wearing because there's an RFID chip sewn in or not. I'm not really concerned with them finding out that information, so I don't worry about it. I tend to think that that RFID chip would probably be beaten up in the washer. But, you know... If you're worried about it, get an RFID scanner That's an and find out. Yeah, because then you'll really be informed as far as what you know, what sort of RFIDs are around you. I bet any you'll given find time. out that there's less information out there than people think. Hey, Rick, thanks for the call tonight. Any further All thoughts? Right. Thank- nope, I ain't got nothing else to say. Right. Thank you. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. Uh, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Speaking of government uh, and the Department of Homeland Security, we talked briefly about them earlier. And, of course, TSA is part of that. There's a story here out of ArsTechnica.com. Getting the agencies responsible for national security to communicate better was one of the main reasons that the Department of Homeland Security was created after the terrorist attacks in September 11, 2011, or 20, 2001. But according to a recent report from the department's inspector general, one aspect of this mission remains far from accomplished. DHS has spent... $430 million over the past nine years to provide radios tuned to a common secure channel to its 123,000 employees across the country. Problem is, no one seems to know how to use them. We'll talk more about this maybe on uh, Monday night, because I'll be back Monday. Mark, you're going to be here for the Sunday edition right. of the show. We've got Dave listening in KGOE for some final thoughts. Go ahead, Dave. Um, I just wanted to say I would gladly volunteer to have a chip put in my arm or in my forehead or wherever the heck else they think they might want to put it. Are you serious? Uh, man, I wish you hadn't called right at the very last moment of... Why would I care? Because it could cause cancer? Uh, tell you what, Dave, here's what you should do. Call There's all us kinds back. of growth. Call us back at uh, tomorrow night, 7 o'clock at night Eastern Time, so that's 4 o'clock Pacific, or Monday or Tuesday, whenever's convenient for you. Call at, at 7 o'clock Eastern time because we're out of time for tonight. We can't get into a real conversation about this topic with you, and I would really like to. So thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow at freetalklive.com. Hi, this is Mark Edge, host of Free Talk Live. We've been witnessing a meltdown of the very economic engine that powers this country. With a printing press tethered to Washington politicians, bureaucrats, and central bankers, how can we put our trust in paper money? For years, I've been buying gold and silver from Midas Resources, and you should too. Come see gold.freetalklive.com or call 877-357-9938 for a free book titled 10 Reasons to Own Gold. With Washington, D.C. delivering more debt and printed promises, common sense tells us the future of the trend is obvious. Everyone listening should visit gold.freetalklive.com or call 877-357-9938. I trust Midas Resources for my gold, silver, platinum, and you can too. Again, I want you to have this book, and it's free. It's gold.freetalklive.com or 877-357-9938. 877-357-9938.